the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this episode, we continue our series on healing as we look into the relationship between faith and healing. The main reading is Hebrews chapter 11. Of course, a few weeks ago we looked at laying on the hands, and um, as we said, God uh, delights in that, he longs for it, he, he encourages us to do that, but of course sometimes that's not what we need, as we said, uh, laying on, lay on of hands in a different way sometimes, um, but it, it's uh, uh, that which we should do, be doing ourselves, it isn't the, uh, you know, the panacea or the, uh, the miracle cure when things should be, and we looked at healing last week, and why uh, are all going to be healed? Well, the answer, well, should I say yes? Of course it will be. Depending what time you're talking about. Some now, some a little bit later, but all in heaven. Absolutely. Uh, but we looked at some of the obstacles. Um, we looked at the root of, 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 of um, sickness. Of course, it was the four. We know that. But then we looked at our, our, ourselves as well. We can bring things on ourselves, of course, by our, our silly behavior, our wickedness, our sin, disobedience. And we looked at that and... Um, uh, and uh, of course, we're going to look at uh, the one of the one things that maybe some people have majored on. And of course, what happens then? We, we go too far the other way. But uh, it was a bit of truth in some of it. Um, sometimes the Lord uses it for our spiritual growth and spiritual teaching. Of course, He does. He is sovereign. Um, he knows what He's doing. And sometimes we've just got to uh, rest in Him. Sometimes we, there's repentance needed. Bless the Lord. Sometimes there's a renouncing, a rebuking of the enemy, because it can be uh, the source can be the enemy. We looked at that again in uh, in the New Testament last week. Sometimes we just got to say, Lord, you know best. I'm going to follow you and serve. And uh, tonight we're looking at um, the, the one reason, um, uh, and of course some of a major this and said the only reason, which is not true, uh, because as we just read there, uh, they were still living in faith, but they'd not received the promise. Yeah. Now, some have said, you don't get healed because you haven't got enough faith. Mm. Well, there's, a, there's an element of truth in that, of course, isn't it? Because we'll, re- we'll look at that in a moment. Uh, we'll see it in his hometown. That's, that was true. But, of course, then you, you, you don't build, build a whole series and a, and a subject and a, and, a, and a doctrine on, if you're not healed, you haven't got enough faith. Because, again, that's taking something that's true and making it the, the answer for everything. Well, it's not true, is it? Because we just read they were still living by faith. And they didn't receive what they were promised. They looked from a distance. They were still believing for it. Bless the Lord. Um, so, so we're going to look at faith tonight because, you know, uh, there's an element there that there's things that we probably haven't received from the Lord because uh, we haven't really trusted him as we should. And we look at the evidence of faith and we've got to press in sometimes, haven't we? Um, there's, there's a, um, there's a, there's a, a, a not giving, no, no resignation, another half here. I'm not going to give up. And we look at that in a moment. But let's look at the, our foundation, Matthew 13, uh, 53 to 58. Matthew 13. Now it came to pass when Jesus had, Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from them. When he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogues so that they were astonished and said, Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? 
Is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary, and his brother James, Joseph, and Simon, and Judas, and his sisters? Are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they, so they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honour except in his own country and in his own house. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Well, that's very clear, isn't it? There was an unbelief, and again, what it was, what was it based on? The unbelief was based on they didn't know who he was. Um, someone has said this, The more we know of God, the more we know him, the more unreservedly we will trust him. The greater our progress in studying, knowing him, the simpler and more childlike will be our faith. And um, kids are great, aren't they? Because they, they believe. Um, I can remember, um, I, I don't know how old Anna was, she was four or five, and um, they were saying, uh, something was in the school, and, and they said, oh, we're we praying for somebody, and uh, this, an adult sort of scoffed. And Hannah, you know, at that age, yeah. what were you praying? Were you praying? Like, like, were you praying? Yeah. It's gonna, it's gonna happen. It was a lovely story about um, a particular uh, town in, in America many years ago, and there was drought, and uh, the church said, "What are we gonna call some fasting and praying? We need, you know, there was real, real danger of um, famine." And so they had some fasting, and they called the last night of prayer. Everyone turned up. Oh Lord, we're gonna pray. And there was a little girl turned up to pray. And she brought an umbrella with her. Yeah. <laughs> and they said, what have you brought an umbrella for? Because she was the only one that expected and believed. <laughs> Why? Because simple faith, isn't it? The more we know the Lord, I'll give you another story at the end. It was a beautiful story. But when we know who he is, the closer we get him, the more we trust him. The more we will trust him. Um, and the more we know him and of course because they, they didn't know him they wouldn't trust him and their faith uh, was was limited and of course uh, sadly there were no very few miracles done there um, so not knowing him yes fear fear of course it's the opposite of faith isn't it we become fearful uh, Luke 8 41 50 and a man named Jairus a ruler of the synagogue came and fell at Jesus' feet pleading with him to come to his house because his only daughter, a girl of about 12, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, and she had spent all she had on doctors, but not one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. But Jesus said, Someone touch me. I know that the power has gone out from me. Then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. Then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. While Jesus was still speaking, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. Your daughter is dead, he said. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just believe and she will be healed. 
I, I love the, 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 um, the timing. And, and the Lord, of course, he, he knows what he's doing. He's sovereign. Um, the lady, 12 years. That's interesting. His daughter was 12. Um, that, you know, touched, made well. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Now, Jairus, was, his faith was rising, wasn't he? He just seen something. What if he hadn't seen that and he'd come and said, your daughter's dead, he would have yeah. said, oh, Jesus, don't, 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 don't. Those words of Jesus, don't be afraid, just believe, would have fell on deaf ears or deaf ears. He'd just seen a lady. He'd just seen a lady and, and her faith had made her well. And Jesus speaks and don't be afraid. Fear is the opposite. It will, it will snuff out faith. He said, just believe. Just believe. And, uh, of course, we know the story. Yes, he did. And uh, the Lord uh, broke in. But fear, fear of, uh, and, of course, fear comes from what we are looking at, what we are focusing on. Um, Matthew 14. One of the disciples saw him walking on the sea, in trouble, saying, it is a ghost, and they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and began to sink, and cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him, and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when he got into the boat, the wind ceased. Verse 30, he looked, he became fearful, and his faith dwindled. Why? Because his eyes left Jesus to his surroundings. And that is, again, a great lesson to us all, eyes on him. Because if you look around, uh, you get most disappointed, most dejected, especially as the world gets worse and worse. So you look at this, you look at that, you think, dear, dear, dear. Can it get any worse? It will, and it can. And we say, how can it? Well, it will, sadly. Um, that's why I keep your eyes on me. Keep your eyes on me. And uh, when we do, we'll walk on water. Peter walked on water. Bless the Lord. Um, keep our eyes open. It will stop us from fear. Again, I've talked about this story, and it's still one of my favorites. And uh, Elisha is, is just getting up, and the, the servant is looking around. and says, oh, we're surrounded. We're surrounded. We're surrounded. He said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He said, what do you mean, don't worry? He said, more are for us than are against us. What are you talking about? The Lord opened his eyes. Opened his eyes. And as he opened his eyes, there was the Lord and his chariots of heaven all around. He said, don't you worry about it. Don't you worry. Why? Because what he was, he was looking at the temporal. Temporal, and that's the problem. When we look at the temporal, we, our faith dwindles away and of course what happens is we say well what about this what about that and yeah. and the devil whispering on you as well Dave you've done that before and you prayed like that before and that didn't work then and uh, and, and all the things uh, that crowd in on us fear and of course fear comes from not seeing as we should see um, but not just no faith Jesus challenged the disciples didn't he and we just read it you have little faith mm -hmm. Now, we must have been little, because as we read in a moment, he said, if you've got faith as small as a mustard seed. So this must be in little, uh, or no faith at all. Um, but there's a littleness of faith that God says, that that can hinder, hinder my work. Uh, Matthew uh, 17, 19, 21. Then the disciples 
came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Small, little faith. Why couldn't you? Why couldn't you deal with this? Little faith. Again, that comes from not knowing the Lord, not knowing is as we should. Matthew six says, didn't he? We read it before. Don't worry. Don't worry. Why are you worrying? Uh, remember who your father is. Why do you worry? Oh, you of little faith. Don't think he knows your, your situation. Don't think he knows your needs. Think he, he he's oblivious? Of course he's not. Only your little faith. Again, the context is knowing him for who he is. His father. Um, in the storm. Remember the storm? And they, when they, Jesus was sleeping. Get up! He said, what are you, what are you, what? oh, you have little faith. Again, not knowing who he, he, who he is and where he is. He's always with us, isn't he? He's always with us, even in the storms. Oh, David, I don't like the storms. Oh, we're going to go through them. But he's going to be there. He's going to be there. And uh, as we said before, if, if, if we sink, he's coming down with us. Bless the Lord. So why are we worrying? Um, so lack of faith, little faith. But in the same, same um, uh, miracle, we're going to read that in a different, uh, in Mark now. And uh, listen to what um, he says. I love this particular Mark. Uh, just reveals the heart of the Father and reveals the heart of the Father of the Son. Mark 9, 17, 24. And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought thee unto, unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever it taketh him, he teareth him, and foameth and gnasheth it with his teeth, and pineth away. I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. And he answered unto them and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him, and he fell to the ground, wallowing and foaming. And he asked his father, How long has it been since he came unto, this came unto him? And he said of a child, And oft times it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, thou have compassion upon us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. It's a great, isn't it? He said to Jesus, if you can do anything. Of course, his doubt had come from um, seeing the disciples having no uh, success. And he thought, well, what is this? Uh, and, he, and then he, he challenges, if you can do something, and Jesus, um, he was not afraid to challenge us. Sometimes we have an idea of Jesus, but he said, if I can do it, what do you mean? All things are possible for those who believe. That's a great promise, isn't it? And uh, then he says, Lord, help my unbelief. And uh, we need to pray that, don't we? The word help. Again, it's the same word we find in Hebrews 4. Find help in time of need at the throne of grace. That word, 
to hold, hold it together, hold the boat together, frapping, hold it when it's bursting apart, the, the rod, the ropes and this, wherever they were, held the boat together. Help in time of need. Help my unbelief, Lord. Put it together, hold it together. Even though I can't see it, give me help. Relieve it. Sort that out. So there's all things are possible to those who believe. Um, this is what George Muller said. Faith does not operate in the realm of the possible. There is no glory for God in that which is humanly possible. Faith begins where man's power ends. George Miller knew a little bit about miracles, didn't he? <laughs> we talked about him before. Uh, he prayed in about uh, 80 million pounds, give or take, in today's money. And didn't ask for money, just prayed it in. There's faith. Um, but as he said, where it's humanly possible, God isn't glorified. And that's why he, he, he takes Jairus to the end, where his, his daughter's dead. So they can't say, oh, well, perhaps she would have got better, you know, in her own way. She's young, she'd have... No, no, she was dead. And uh, the Lord takes us to that place where we've got nowhere else to go but Him. Uh, because, why? Because we have to have faith then, we have to fully trust Him, fully depend on Him. Because um, so often, especially in the Western world, aren't we? You know, we look at um, Gwyn on, on Sunday and, and they have got nothing. Nope. They have to rely. And we, the trouble is we've got so much, we can rely upon ourselves or we can do this or help our way out. And we don't trust the Lord or we little, so little trust him. So he brings us to the end. So that's, the Lord is, is doing the work. How about you when he, he, he astounds them? Um, Mark 11, 20, 26. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter calling to remembrance, saith unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed is withered away. And Jesus answering, saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye shall receive them, and ye shall have them. And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have aught against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. So we see the great power of faith, but we see again another hindrance to faith. Looked at fear, looked at um, our focus, and then we can see unforgiveness. That can limit faith. He said, look, you're standing before, make sure you repent. Make sure you squared everything up. Um, but when he said, all things are pop, believe. Trust him. Say, Lord, this is, this is what you, you said. Um, in your word, there was a, a lovely um, Charles Wesley, when he wrote hymns, um, we don't sing all the hymns because some of the hymns he wrote 20 odd verses to. Um, so he could be still singing them, couldn't he? But great words. And uh, one of his uh, um, hymns was on faith, on Abram's faith, from Romans 4 to 13. And this is one of the verses Faith, mighty faith, the promise sees and looks to that alone, laughs at life's impossibilities and cries, It shall be done. What a great verse! laughs at life's impossibilities and cries, it shall be done. 
promises of God. Hallelujah. Yes. Um, when we take God into his word, um, because we, again, know him, this is one of the... Jesus, uh, the Bible says, uh, was amazed. Not many times. He was amazed in his own town. Um, the word marveled is the word. He, he was marveled. It was a wonder that they didn't believe in him. That was for the unbelief. That was one thing that made it totally amazed him. And this story now was another story that really uh, took him aback. Amazed he was at someone's faith. And uh, that's Matthew 8, 5 to 3. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is by, by at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered, and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to him, this one go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. And I say to you that many will come from east and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, in the kingdom of heaven, that the son of the kingdom will be cast out into outer darkness. They will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. No greater faith. Why? Because he trusted God's word. Just say the word. Just say the word. You don't even have to come. In fact, don't come because remember, he, he recognized who Jesus was and he recognized who he was. I am not worthy. You can't come into my house. I, I'm a Roman. I'm a, you, you, I know my past. He was a centurion. He was... You know, the t uh, typical, you know, rough, um, although the, the, the Roman army was, was built on the centurions, they really uh, were, the, were the, the main guys in a sense. Um, but God looks at those centurions. If you look, look through, you can do a study on centurions, and the <laughs> Lord does amazing work through centurions. Um, why? Because he knew. He knew what authority was. He knew that Jesus was the king of kings. He knew his words were authority. He understood authority. He said, when I say something, that's it. So I know if you say something, it'll be done. It will be done. And uh, Jesus was amazed. Um, that he, he just marveled. What great faith. Just say the word. Just say the word. Why? Because he knew him. And the more we know the Lord, we can say, Lord, you just say the word. 
You just say the word and I will trust it. I will trust it. Now, can I say, there's, there's been decisions in my life. I've, I've asked the Lord. Now, and initially, some of those decisions, I've known what to do. <laughs> but then I've, then I've said, Lord, you better confirm that. You better confirm that. The number of reasons is because I didn't really, I really didn't really want to do what the Lord I knew we should be doing. So what we do, we say, Lord, you better confirm that and confirm that. And say, Lord, you've said it. That's it. That's final. Um, so bless you. But there, there's, there's a believing and trusting. But there's also a pressing in. And I wonder, I do wonder sometimes, if we've missed out on things from the Lord because we've not pressed in. The word is persevere, of course, isn't it? I, Jacob, I will not let you go until you bless me. What if he said... Well, Lord, bless me if you want to, um, you know. No, no, no. The situation was so serious. He was going to meet his brother. Life and death was at hand. And that's something, again, God takes us to that place where we've got nowhere else to go. And he grabs hold of, uh, of the angel. Maybe in the Lord, you know, pre-incarnate Jesus. Grab him. He wrestles him. He wrestles him. I will not let you go until you bless me. You see, his priorities have changed. All that mattered now was God's blessing. God's touch, God's you know provision, protection, fulfilling His word that He promised many years ago. Um, Mark two, Mark two, one to five. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that He had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And He preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get him into the, uh, into the house, Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening on the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and they lowered the man on a mat down through the roof. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. See, their faith uh, would not be deterred. Now they turned up and the Bible says it was full. So full they couldn't get in. Um, and there were dignitaries there because um, I'm not sure which, which gospel it is. Only three gospels. That the Pharisees and the teachers of the law had come up from Jerusalem. They were checking Jesus out. So all the dignitaries were there. And of course when they were there, everyone was there, wouldn't they? That's what usually happens when the dignitaries is full out. And of course the Bible says the crowd. And the crowd, it will always, the crowd is the symbol of the world, will stop us. Stop us getting to the law, the crowd. Uh, always, but he said, no, no, they're not going to stop. Uh, and they could have said, well, we'll come back tomorrow. Jesus will be here tomorrow, won't he? Well, he may not have been there tomorrow, but they weren't deterred. Delay is one of the great tactics of the devil, isn't he? Don't worry about it, Dave. Do it tomorrow. Do it tomorrow. Just uh, pray about that tomorrow. Seek the Lord tomorrow. You know, ask the Lord tomorrow. But they, they, de they weren't deterred. And uh, the Bible says they dug through the roof. It, 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 it put some effort in. Persevering, you know it, those roofs. What are, they, what are they made out of? Um, uh, it would have hurt as well because clay um, branches, uh, beams, mud, all packed together, isn't it? Um, you had a breakthrough, and uh, not a small hole, is it? Because the guy's on a stretcher, so uh, you would have thought they're going to. Bring him down this way. He could have turned him that way, but he'd have fell out unless he tied him in. So this this hole's a big hole. They had to press through. They had to work at it, and uh, to the anger of the guy who owned the house as well, obviously, as we said before. Um, but the Bible is very clear. 
their perseverance paid off because the Bible says Jesus saw whose faith? Their faith. Not the faith of the guy on there because the Bible intimates he was, he, was, he was a sinner as we all are but that was Jesus' first thing. Your sins are forgiven. Of course he was dealing with his sin also uh, declaring his divinity to the teachers of the Pharisees because they knew only God could forgive. But their faith pressed in Press through, didn't give up. And God wants us to be those people. Press in. What does he say about that woman? She wouldn't give up. That unjust judge, she wouldn't give up. And, and, and the, 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 he said, I've had enough of this woman. She's going to they, they, they they, give me a black eye. She's pummeling, pummeling. She's going to give it to her. Why? Because of her perseverance. Uh, we love this story because, again, many people have misinterpreted uh, misinterpreted what Jesus was doing and he was being a bit nasty. Uh, not so. Uh, Matthew 15, 21, 28. And even that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. He came a night woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy upon me, my daughter's demon-possessed, and suffering terribly. Jesus did not answer a word, so his disciples came to him and urged him, send her away, for she keeps trying out after us. <laughs> he answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. The woman came and knelt before him, Lord, help me, she said. He replied, it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Yes, it is, Lord, she said. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. And Jesus said to her, woman, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And the daughter was healed at that very moment. Not, not, not being deterred. She was going to press in, press through. Jesus, in a sense, pushes her away. That's what this, the intimation is. Why? Because he's, he's just checking, isn't he? And sometimes we, uh, we give up. We give up. Lord, give me this. How much do you really want it, Dave? Oh, I don't know. Um, remember our kids, what they asked us for. If we give them everything they asked, for, asked, asked us for. Dear me. You know, but we wanted to see what they, if they really wanted it. So they asked us and asked us and asked us and asked us. Go and see your mother. Go and see your father. And back and forth. But it's that, that persevering was just seeing her. And God just brought out a lovely picture. And we see, again, she knew who she was. Jesus used the, 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 the common vernacular there for a Gentile. They were called dogs. And Jesus was just seeing her heart. See if she would be offended. Um, nothing was going to offend her. Because she was after a miracle. She was after something from the Lord. And that can... See, see God, God's just checking our hearts. I wonder if we've been offended that stops us pressing in to the Lord. Oh, you don't know what so-and-so said to me. Ah. Don't be so... Is that stopping you receiving from the Lord? Press in. Press through. And um, I, love, I love that uh, picture. Lord, tell her to be quiet, will you? Tell her to be quiet. She's on and on and on and on. <laughs> uh, and as I said before, you ladies, um, uh, there's, there's something about you ladies and your, your perseverance that uh, makes you good intercessors. 
Because not always, but as men tend, we, we, we give up. We do sometimes. But women, when women got something between their teeth, they don't give up, do they? Glory be. They go on and on and on. But that's a great, a great something when you come into praying. Ooh, Lord, I will not let you go. Give it to me. Hallelujah. So faith, faith. Well, now we need to increase it. We need to, to build that up. Well, the Bible gives us a picture. Faith is depending on that which we have gives us a definition. Faith is the assurance, the foundation of things hoped for, confidently expected, the evidence of things not yet seen, the conviction of that not seen, um, that firm persuasion, that which we put our weight upon. And that's why we need to know him more and we need to know his word more. Romans 10, 16, 17. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. For Isaiah said, Lord, who has believed our message. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is shared through the word about Christ. Faith by his word. Get the word into us. The more we know his word, we know, we know him, because his word and his character are the same. And the more we know him, the more we trust him. Um, and of course, the more uh, the more God takes us through, we see answers to prayer, even this way we don't like being answered. God answers and we put faith. Lord, you know best. That's why it's, we need each other because you'll say to me, oh, Dave, I prayed for that. And this is what the Lord did. And that encourages our faith, isn't it? Oh, Lord, you've done it before. You've done it for so-and-so and he's not very nice. <laughs> so you can do it for me because I'm better than him. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, but that's what, it's encouraged, isn't it? That's why we come in and stir one another up. The Lord is good and the Lord builds our faith up. Um, now be careful because uh, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, remember that those people, he was stirring them on. Come on, don't drift. Don't go back. Press on. And uh, Hebrews 6, 11 to 12. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope and to the end. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Do not be lazy, sluggish, slothful, indolent by urgency earnestness diligence of faith apply trust the lord go out of your way to, to to put you know to put the word into into effect the lord tells us to do certain things and some of those certain things take faith don't they praising sometimes takes faith but it's one of those things that activates faith Lord, I don't like feeling like praising the Lord. This is happening, this is happening, and so and so. We've just had a row, and uh, that generally happens. Uh, now, when kids are growing up, it isn't too bad. But when the kids were young, I used to get out of the house early, get to church before anything happened, because you, you generally find someone happened, someone would be late. I used to hate being late, I still hate being late, and someone would be hanging around. So I'd say, Jack, you make your way, I'm gone, I'm gone, I'm gone. Because you know that would be a real stickler. Uh, something would happen and you come in and I, I'd be, everything went, oh, wonderful, wonderful. I think, no, you just didn't know what happened in the house, you know, at each other's throat. But praise is wonderful. It just to, and, and our words, isn't it? The word, but our words speak faith. Now again, again, that, there's truth in that. But again, of course, we, we, what happens is uh, our human nature, we always veer too far the, the other way, don't we? We take something that's true and we overbalance. So we say, if I speak it, it will happen. But that's not what the Lord says. But our words do inspire us, don't they? They do encourage our faith. 
And so there's truth in that, but again, the balance, keep it with what the Lord is saying, speak the word of the Lord, hallelujah. So don't be sluggish, don't be lazy. Now, they were being lazy, wouldn't they, in the Hebrew church? They were drifting. Why? Because they neglected this great salvation. And they thought, this is, this is tough. It's costing us. It's costing us livelihoods. It's costing us difficulty and, and being expelled from this, this, and this. Perhaps we should go back to Judaism and we wouldn't be in this trouble. But it cost them. But he says, don't you dare. He said, because this is life. This is eternal. This is, this is, that old covenant was a shadow of the new. He said, now you've got direct access to the Father. Uh, thankfully, the promises of God uh, are yes. And amen. 2 Corinthians 1, 18 to 20. But as surely as God is faithful, our message to you is not yes and no. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you by us, by me and Silas and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him it, was, it has always been yes. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. So through him, the Amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. God's promises in Jesus are yes. Hallelujah. Lord, this is your word. This is your promise. In Christ, it is fulfilled. And we're going to receive it. We, we receive it. And we, as the Bible says, we still pray. We still believe in. Even if we were to wait to heaven to receive it, we still believe in for it. Hallelujah. Um, again, children. Uh, a little girl, five. <coughs> her dad was um, reading his paper and she was on to him. Dad, Dad, can you build me a dollhouse? Uh, I want a big dollhouse, Dad, so I can put it in the backyard and I can play in it. Um, in, not for inside, I want it for outside. Big enough, like, right? yeah, yes, I'll build it. You know, as we do, put them off to me. Yeah, he wouldn't ask me to build anything, but uh, well, I would build it, but it wouldn't be, <laughs> it wouldn't stay up. Not like uh, Nick Shed. Um, and uh, he said, yes, yes, yes. And the next minute, that's what he could do, was some noise out in the backyard. And uh, there she was, she was getting all her toys out, getting all her kitchen utensils out, the kids play with them, she was getting all her dolls out. And uh, he said to his missus, what is she doing? What's she doing? He said, um, oh, well you promised to build a dollhouse, didn't you? And she believes you, she's getting ready for it. And he said, at that moment, he said, like a bomb hit, he said, I threw aside the book, paper, went to the lumber yard for supplies, quickly built the little, little girl a dollhouse. Now, why did I respond like that? Because I wanted to? No. Because she deserved it? No. Because father, dad had given his word. She believed it. She acted upon it. When I saw her faith, nothing could keep me from carrying out my word. Oh, Lord. Like little children lead us sometimes, don't they? He'd given his word, oh, and she was getting ready. It, it was done, wasn't it? It was done for her. Um, it was just a matter of time. But when he saw that, oh, it moved him. And you know when God speaks to us and when he gives us his word, if we act upon it, and sometimes we need to act upon it, uh, faith and obedience go hand in hand. Remember he said to that blind man, go and wash. Go and wash. What if he said, no, Lord, touch me like you did the other? No, 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 go and wash. And the Bible says, when he went and washed, he was healed. Because he took the Lord at his word. And when we take the Lord at his word, by faith, things 
up and he answers prayer. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org. Thank you.